This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My guest this week is the Commissioner General of the UK Pavilion at Expo 2020 Dubai, Laura Faulkner. Laura, welcome to the show. Thanks, and delighted to be here. Thank you. So, firstly, how have you found Expo 2020 so far? Expo 2020 has been amazing. It's been open for nearly three months. We've had over half a million people come to visit us at the UK Pavilion. 10,000 people a day walking through the doors. Children, adults, business people, world leaders and um, a whole bunch of people from the UK. So yeah, a whole big mix and a great load of fun. Those are some amazing numbers and the UK Pavilion, certainly it stands out from the crowd. What's the design of the pavilion based around? So the building was designed by a lady called Es Devlin and a company called Avant Garde. And it was designed to meet a brief that I laid down. And that was design something new that will speak to the theme of the UK Pavilion, and that is innovating for a shared future. So the designer took an inspiration from a whole load of famous Britons who have achieved great things, including Professor Stephen Hawking, and um, designed something that would speak to his last piece of work. And his last message for the world was, bring all nations together in a collective message that could one day speak to other civilizations off of this planet. So she thought about the fact that we've got millions of people coming here and she decided to create something with artificial intelligence. So the building is basically a massive computer that's thinking and every visitor is invited to donate a word, just one word, into an algorithm. That algorithm is called GPT-2 and it's been trained on over 15,000 poems from the UK. So when you stick your word into the algorithm, it creates poetry around your word and it gives it back to you. And then it donates it into a big message. And that message is broadcast on the front of this building. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, so you, you mentioned there that the uh, poem that's going to be generated from this is designed by a number of uh, other writers, other poets, other poems. So what sort of inspiration has the AI been trained around? Are there any particular writers or works that have inspired the AI to come up with the type of couplets that it's designing from the inputted words? Yeah, so 15,000 poems included lots from Shakespeare, lots from every poet that I'm sure everyone listening has probably learned about at school and or at university. But um, it also was trained on some Arabic poetry because they have the same behaviour and the same roots uh, and the same sort of uh, structure 
behind their, their writing. So the same pentameter for, for, for those that study English literature. In additional to that, I suppose the only thing to say is that the Poetry Societies of Scotland, Wales, England, Northern Ireland, um, a number of experts in the spoken word across the UK have been involved in making sure that the algorithm, which we called the baby, which has now grown up because it's been fed all this poetry, <laughs> was doing its job properly. The most donated word is love. Oh, that's certainly a, a nice theme to have throughout the poem as well. So you, you've mentioned that the idea of the UK Pavilion is innovating for a shared future. So how at the UK Pavilion are you putting this into practice, aside from the AI poem? Very good question. The, the building and the algorithm um, is there to do a single thing. One is engage others and bring everybody together. It's a message of unity. But it is also a message that says that artificial intelligence can be used as a force for good. Um, everybody's seen Terminator, the movie. We were trying to show that the UK uses artificial intelligence in smart ways to help us with our daily lives. Um, but in addition to that, we have a programme of events that runs throughout the 182 days of Expo that talk about a whole range of other things. We were the lead nation for the discussions here at Expo on climate change. We've had um, really, really detailed conversations about a number of issues that affect the world. But basically, we've come here not to broadcast what we're good at, but we've come here to broadcast a message, which is join us in a conversation. Join us in a conversation that's going to ask the following questions. In the future, how will we? <laughs> in the future, how will we create? Yeah. How, you know, how will we thrive? How will we advance? what will we eat, what will we wear, and so on. Um, and those conversations are with every country on, 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 on the site here at Expo, and, and they're coming up with some really great answers. Well, again, you, we've discussed the idea that this is innovating for a shared future. Now, the actual site of the UK Pavilion is located within the Opportunity District. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, the whole of Expo is designed around opportunity, sustainability and mobility. Why Opportunity District in particular? So there's the easy one. Um, four years ago, we had to decide where we were going to locate our pavilion. And at that time, the United Kingdom was considering all manner of things that were pre-COVID, um, particularly EU exit. So the United Kingdom is reimagining its relationship with the whole world. You will see uh, free trade agreements popping up with uh, key nations. And so it felt very much a no-brainer opportunity because it's our opportunity to, to make the most of it. <laughs> and within this, how are you adapting to the other themes of uh, Expo 2020? So as well as the opportunities that you've just described there, how are we contributing to the debates around sustainability and indeed mobility? So really good point. So although we're located in opportunity, the UK is active in the conversations that support all of the themes of Expo. So as I said, we were the lead nation on climate change, so sustainability. What we've actually done is put out a, a programme that doesn't speak to one theme. It speaks to the top theme of Expo, which is connecting minds and creating the future. I always add the words for all at the end of that mm -hmm. sentence. And therefore, we are active in every space and we are making sure sustainability is a theme throughout everything that we're doing. But we're having fun too. So Manchester City's Pep Guardiola was here doing thought leadership. Um, one of my personal favourites, uh, Professor Stephen Hawking's daughter, Lucy Hawking, was here doing book readings for schools. 
and um, she actually said um, how proud she is that we've taken her father's legacy. She calls him dad, and she said, um, dad would have loved what yeah. you're doing. And, and for the team here on the ground, that was pride. One thing I think is important though, Expo is here in Dubai and it might feel a thousand miles or 3,000 miles away from everybody listening to us today. Um, but 150 schools in the UK have been debating the subject of sustainability and the winners of the competition um, that was run by a company called DebateMate are coming here in February to oh, wow. debate live. So this is a thousand miles away or more. But every single bit of the conversation that's gone on here is available online. And if you look for the UK Pavilion team online, you will be able to access all of the thought leadership that's happened and, and join the party. So as well as in engaging schools back home, what, what's uh, the UK Pavilion doing for uh, the local communities here in Dubai and the rest of the United Arab Emirates? Lots of different things. Um, the first of which is making sure that um, our thoughts are being shared with local community. We're inviting lots of different communities, schools, businesses, um, institutions to be a part of the programs that we're running here at Expo. And that's every day. So today is Arabic language day and we have different performances that are taking place in Arabic and the general public are invited to see those. Um, last week we had, or the week before, St Andrew's Day, we had um, the Emiratis and also um, the Scots with their bagpipes, uh, really, really bringing it to yeah. Expo out the front and that was a sight to see. Um, so every day is different at the UK Pavilion and every day is different on the Expo site, but everybody is invited and um, yeah, quite a lot of them are coming. <laughs> Well, you've just mentioned there the fact that businesses are also invited to mm. contribute to the UK Pavilion and indeed Expo. And it's important to note that Expo isn't just for tourists, even though there are so many walking around the site. So how is the UK engaging the private sector in the project that's being held here? So over the last three years, working with at least 750 organisations, we have been building a business and government interface program here at Expo. We're halfway through that, uh, 20 ministers, uh, lots and lots of VIP speakers from companies including Jimmy Choo, Fat Face, walking, you know, literally uh, Rolls Royce, I mean, you name it, British businesses have been on this site engaging with audiences. Okay, so you, you mentioned there that uh, there's been some ministerial visits. I, I read online that the Transport Secretary, Grant Sharps, was here a few weeks ago. Uh, even more recently, the Prime Minister, Special Envoy for Girls Education, Helen Grant, was here very recently. So how have the ministerial visits from the UK contributed to the, the wider UK contribution to Expo 2020? So I think I'll start in a different place. Um, the UK-UAE relationship is incredibly important mm. to us. Uh, it's something that we've been nurturing for many, many years, indeed as long as the UAE has existed, which is 50 years this month. Mm -hmm. um, as part of that, our dialogue between government to government is ongoing, but there have been a number of um, really, really important conversations. Obviously, I can't go into the details of them, but they of have course. taken place here. But the ministers from the UK that have been coming have not just been speaking to the UAE, they have been speaking to other nations. Mm -hmm. There's been uh, agreements signed, there have been announcements made, there are serious conversations and dialogues going on that relate to pretty much every nation yeah. that is here at Expo. And, and um, for those listening, guys, that is 192 countries worth <laughs> of conversations wow. that are here on this site. Mm -hmm. So some people say it's a Davos every day and a Glastonbury every night. <laughs> 
the truth is, um, this is not an event that um, was, was created just for business, but business is being done in, on and around this um, wonderful mega event, um, which everyone is truly proud to have managed to deliver despite the very real and very present uh, COVID pandemic that every nation that's here is dealing with, including the United Kingdom. So you, you mentioned there that the, the COVID pandemic has obviously had an impact on Expo 2020. And you know, we are still referring to this as Expo 2020, even though we're having these meetings in 2021 and 22. So how have you had to adapt to the circumstances we find ourselves in and plan around the one year postponement of the wider event? So responding to COVID is something that every nation here at Expo and the host city had to uh, deal with rapidly in March 2020 and have been dealing with ever since. We're super prepared as, as a group of nations. Um, everything from our social distance, um, our hand sanitisation, our worker welfare, through to the messaging and checking and rechecking that the things that we were going to talk about pre-pandemic still made sense yeah. to the world. So that, that process never stops. It's daily. Um, in fact, um, we deal with that um, morning, noon and night and overnight. So how did it affect us? It was harder to build a building in the middle of a pandemic. Um, but our primary concern throughout was worker welfare. Of course. And our primary second concern was health and safety. Um, and then our third was maintaining relevance in a world that has experienced so much that it didn't expect in the last 18 mm. months. Of course. And this isn't the first expo that's been held in many others. In fact, the first one ever held was in London in 1851, then known as the Great Exhibition at the Crystal Palace. So how has the UK contributed to all the different expos over such a long period of time? So um, we invented them. <laughs> I think that's a great place to start. Um, this expo actually asked us to tell that story and, and indeed the UAE organisers have told the story of the Great Exhibition, where, by the way, tomato ketchup, the pneumatic tyre, uh, were just two of the inventions that, that came to the world as a result of 1851. Um, the UK has a really long and very strong track record at Expos. Um, we've won uh, gold or, or top medals for design and delivery for the last 20 years. Um, I've been proud to be a part of that. We're here again and the building that we have is the most Instagrammed um, location oh. on Expo. Um, I had a count from my media team this week that said that our audience reach online is now over 1 billion. Wow. For this building and that's been achieved in 10 weeks. That's incredible. And it's overwhelmingly a positive mm. sentiment. Um, so yeah, mm. we're in it. Um, mm. We find value in mm. it and um, it's not finished mm. yet. Yeah. Well, it's, it's amazing to see some of the innovative ideas on display here and e even some of those innovative ideas you've just mentioned from the very early ones, like tomato ketchup, like the pneumatic tyre. But th this building, obviously it's a permanent structure as is the entire site. And given that Expo finishes in March, what happens after the event finishes? What's the legacy of Expo 2020 and indeed the UK Pavilion? So it's a good question. I always say when I'm asked that legacy of something of, of this sort of scale and size isn't physical. Mm -hmm. Legacy is physical, digital, economic, and um, in, in many cases, relationships. So if, if we take the easy piece, which is digital, 
well, the whole building's creating a digital poetry legacy and it, it will be announced shortly what's going to happen to that. But we're taking care of what we're creating. Um, if we talk about economic, the amount of conversations that are going on here are all being uh, progressed. You know, people are not just going to meet here for once and never meet again. It's about sustaining those conversations and the economic benefits of an event of this scale are measured over time. Right. So you have an initial view um, that the UK has £1.2 billion worth of contracts that it's won mm -hmm. to just build this site. Wow. Uh, that's public, that's mm -hmm. definite. Um, but that's not the end of the story, that's the beginning. Mm -hmm. Over the next 6, 12, 18 months, we'll be able to see more, more in a more rounded way what the conversations and the networking and the opportunities at Expo that have happened bring mm -hmm. for the UK. The last bit is the bit that everybody really means when they ask the mm -hmm. question, which is what's going to happen to the building. And the honest truth is that um, we have not made the final decision yet. Mm -hmm. But what I will tell you is that expos have a rule or a, a kind of a steering principle that um, pavilions should be removed and the ground on which they lie is returned to the state it was in okay. before the expo opened. For which read, to the desert, because right. we are in the middle mm -hmm. of a piece of desert. Um, Expos are moving on and sustainability is really important. Mm -hmm. So so that's not likely to happen. Mm -hmm. um, but what we're sitting in right now is a pavilion that's in the middle of a new city. Right. And so the Expo site will become part of the new Dubai South District 2020. Right. And it, it's a 500 hectare site, but it's one quarter of the new city. Right. Next door to it is the world's largest new airport. Um, university campuses, housing, everything that you could imagine um, will be brought here mm -hmm. and are indeed being built. So the infrastructure has been laid in to make it one of the most sustainable cities and one of the most smart cities on earth. Okay, so every country at Expo has a national day that, that's celebrated. So when is the UK's national day and what is planned to celebrate it? Haha, the high point of the United Kingdom's presence here is the 10th of February 2022, where from 11 o'clock in the morning until the site closes, we will be celebrating the extraordinary aspects of the United Kingdom. This is not a day for just business. This is a day where we will be showing the world our culture and we will be encouraging people to study in and study with UK institutions and we will be promoting tourism to the UK, mm -hmm. as well as all of the other things that you might imagine. Mm -hmm. You'll be able to see it all online, mm -hmm. and you will absolutely be able to join in with celebrating Extraordinary. Okay, well, that sounds amazing. So, just to finish, what, what has the UK learned from Expo and from what other countries have presented in their own individual pavilions that we can take away and apply at home? So it's really straightforward. Um, expos are continually evolving. The um, offers from all nations that you open at the beginning of an expo rarely are the same at the end. So the first thing that we learn is that you are continually improving. And that change and um, adaptation of an offer for a nation should never stop even for one second. Mm -hmm. So sharing, learning, reaching out, uh, being open, which mm -hmm. is what the UK yep. is. So here at Expo, we are open to all suggestions on what we mm -hmm. can do differently or better. Um, so on a daily basis, I'm changing things here mm -hmm. and so are the team. 
I think what else we have learned is that the world's appetite for uh, digital content is changing. We all know that. Um, but digital is not replacing human to human mm -hmm. contact. Yeah. I think during the pandemic, the move to Teams online mm -hmm. and things like that was, was celebrated as being amazing. But along the way, we also learned that, that people need people. Mm -hmm. So the biggest message that we have is that physical events, the biggest, the biggest events on earth, uh, including Olympic Games and other, other things, but also big business events are still a part of the future. Mm -hmm. But I do think that our delivery at events will evolve as a, as a result of what we've learned over the six months. And it's not finished yet, and the pandemic isn't finished yet. So I don't think we yet know the full extent of the lessons learned, but capturing them every day we are. Right. Okay. Laura Faulkner, thank you very much for coming on the show, and best of luck with the rest of Expo 2020. Thanks. And to everybody who's listening online, UK Pavilion 2020, go look for it online. Uh, join us and follow us, uh, talk to us, and um, have a great Christmas. <laughs> Thank you very much. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.